Hey, Tunes and Tumblers fam. Before we get to the show today, we actually have something we've never done before. We have a, uh, a new sponsor daddy that we need to promote. Um, it, it, was a, it was a hard uh, thought war, but we decided that we needed to start doing ads now. Because Why was that, Ryan? Why, why do we need to do ads? The biggest thing is that we've been trying to save up for a, um, a Greyhound bus ticket for Drew to go find his cockatoo that he left behind at a station in um, Paris, Texas. So the way you can help us out and help Drew get back his, his beloved cockatoo <laughs> is <laughs> by checking out Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the way that we distribute our podcasts, and it's the easiest way to make one. Uh, Pedro, w- what is great about Anchor? Oh my god, what's not great about Anchor? It's free. You have no excuses. It is free. I don't care what your financial status is. It is free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer in case, you know, you suck at editing or maybe you've had a few too many drinks and you need some help. They can do it for you. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You just sit back and it will throw it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And the best part is you can make money with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need in one place. If it's your first time and you want to get into the podcast game, this is how you do it. Yeah, so download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Please, please, this Greyhound bus ticket will not buy itself. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than just an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and it feels good to be back after our unexpected break. A lot has happened since we've been away. For instance, I've gotten my first shot, so we're much closer to ditching Zoom and forcing Pedro to make me a cocktail for the first time in over a year. (laughs) Because as much as I love watching my co-hosts mix incredible drinks week after week while I sip my Topo Chico, this hell has to end. Please envy them (laughs) responsibly. As we all know, drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I invited my friends to torture me over Zoom with their incredible talents, and they are... Ryan, your music connoisseur. And Pedro, your mixologist. And our guest today is a renowned guitarist and songwriter who has been winning awards for his artistry since the tender age of 12. He's toured with the likes of James Brown and B.B. King, been featured on The Late Show with Seth Meyers, and performed at the sold-out Title X Brooklyn show all before dropping his debut album. Speaking of which, he just announced it last Friday along with the release of the flagship single State of the Heart, and he's here to pump us all up for it. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please join me in welcoming Patrick Droney to the pod. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Hello, 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 hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you, uh, thank you for being here. This is, uh, this is really exciting. And in fact, uh, even though she's not a part of the show, my girlfriend wanted me to say hi to you because she is such a big fan. That's amazing. <laughs> Tell her I send my very best. She's got great taste in podcasts and men, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she will hear that when we release in a couple of days. 
Um, so anyway, as I said, I've been a big fan for a while and it's a thrill to have you here and we're very excited to get underway. But first, let's all check in. What has everyone been listening to this week? I can go first. Um, so they've, uh, Amy Winehouse, I guess her estate, whatever it is, they've been releasing her live stuff lately on Spotify. Um, and I'm a huge Amy Winehouse fan. And I don't know if, I don't know who, and people maybe haven't heard her live recordings yet. And you absolutely have to, if you're a fan of Amy Winehouse, it's some of her best stuff. They've got her whole concert when she was live in London at Shepherd's Bush. And that one's probably my favorite one. Um, and they're also releasing a few things that she's done on like the BBC. They've got some stuff she's done on Jules Holland. And it's, it's really worth digging into if you haven't yet. Just uh, another layer of Amy Winehouse um and if you're not a fan of amy winehouse i don't know who you are who you might be <laughs> but her live stuff is i'm right here it is so much really <laughs> okay well we're gonna talk about the lease agreement after this but um yeah no uh, her her live her live shows are uh, it's it's something completely different give it a shot if if you're not a fan of her if you're not a fan of her albums um so yeah I think I can go next today. So recently I started listening to Lana Del Rey's um, album that she released, I want to say like a week ago, maybe less, Um, Chemtrails Over the Country Club. And here's the thing about Lana, like, you know, you you see what she does in the news. She like goes to a book signing wearing like a, a mesh mask that does nothing to protect people. And like she dates a cop. She does all this stuff. And it's like, you kind of want to dislike her for that. But her music is so good. She is so good at what she does. I'm just listening. I'm like, okay, Lana, you get another pass <laughs> every couple of years. But yeah, in addition to that, uh, I've, I got uh, pet sounds on vinyl for Christmas. And nice. the thing is, I'm like never in my living room to listen to it. So like what I do is I'm like, oh, yeah, I love this vinyl. I'm going to go to Spotify and listen to it. <laughs> so I downloaded their uh, 50th anniversary, which not only has like the stereo version, the mono version and live versions, but also instrumental versions um, and oh, orchestrated versions. Nice. So oh, yeah. it's like 60 tracks long and you can just take an entire day and listen to all these songs in completely different ways and completely different lights and it's still a classic i, I can't get that. enough of that album anyway those are that's what i've been listening to who wants to take it away next uh i've been uh, listening to uh new music from gary newman of all people he's been releasing new stuff he has one called i am screaming <laughs> uh, maybe a dip into meme culture unsure but it's uh from his forthcoming album and it's sort of an industrial influence eco-conscious song lyrically from the perspective of mother nature sort of like a plea i suppose and it's great you know gary's always been a cutting edge artist and he's still got it still sounds fresh and exciting and uh excited to hear more that's awesome i guess i will uh, finish this up uh i just having just finished my record i'm kind of like really digging into artists that i love like deep cut studio outtakes like kind of like the behind the scenes stuff that never really came out in real time because i've got so mm-hmm. many records right now that probably won't see the light of day but i worked my ass off on and um, uh, Springsteen, there's there's a record on on Spotify. It's like just studio outtakes from the 90s, like 1990, 1990. And there's a record called uh, Sad Eyes. That's a outtake. And it's like the most vulnerable I've ever heard him sing falsetto. And like, it's just magic. And I had never heard it. And somebody like Springsteen, I feel like I've heard everything because I've just mined his whole catalog. But it was exciting to hear him in a different perspective in a way that um, I don't think many people have heard him. And uh, yes, I've just kind of been trying to look under the hood on like a lot of my heroes in the times, like the stuff they didn't put out, but they worked really hard on, you know? Mm -hmm. That's really cool. A Springsteen falsetto. Yeah, like like really committing. Wow. I don't 
Can't say I've ever heard that. Sad eyes. I gotta, listen. I gotta check this out. Okay. Doesn't he do something similar on uh, that that Bon Iver track that we covered? Uh, yeah, I think he did. Mm. He had some contribution, but... Um, you can't even really hear it. I'll it's be like, damned oh, if mm. I could pinpoint it. Yeah. <laughs> Ate up all their cake. That was a good track. I still listen to it. Um, yeah. Well, all good stuff. I can't wait to give everyone's picks a listen. Uh, but before that, we have a show to do. Uh, Patrick, I hear you're sober, yeah? I, I'm a hemophiliac, so I can't really drink or I'll have mm. a nosebleed. So, oh, no. Uh, well whatever the reason uh we can still have a great show in fact it gives us an opportunity to mix flavors in a completely new way we did so with megan lara may created one of our best uh our best drinks to date in my opinion it's a really fun Uh, challenge really yeah Yeah, i mean i'm here to make you guys better (laughs) (laughs) we appreciate it no low-hanging fruit here (laughs) You're definitely in luck because the Tunes and Tumblers bar is well-renowned for its mocktails. And if you look around you right now, this is the Tunes and Tumblers bar. I know it looks a lot like your bedroom or wherever it is that you are, but if you just shut your <laughs> eyes and tap your heels together three times, you'll be there. It's a state uh, of mind. <laughs> it really is. It, it is no longer a bar. And like any bar, even an imaginary one, and even though we're all DDing today, there's a bouncer we need to get past. Did you bring an ID to show him? I did. I brought <laughs> I brought an ID in the form of a watch. So Ooh. Ooh. This, this is a 1986 Rolex Sub Mariner. Um, but the thing about watches for me, I'm a watch guy, big watch guy. Uh, I love the stories of time. And to me, the beauty of watches are they're, they're best when they're passed down and they connect you to, you know, whoever gave it to you. Like this is my father's watch and I've got my grandfather's watch. And I find that people who really do love watches tend to have deep stories behind the ones they wear. And it's not just, um, you know, a surface thing. So you'll always see me with a watch and I promise there'll always be a story behind it. So that's kind of my, my thing. That's dope. I like that a lot. Yeah. I used to be a big watch guy too. And then when I got, you know, my Apple watch, I, I feel like that oh. faded. No, like, <laughs> Lord. Just bless myself. man. <laughs> John Mayer, John Mayer is a big watch guy too. I think he is He's like yeah. a collector, right? Yeah. He's become one of the more, foremost uh you know leading collectors these days but um it's just fun and i think thing with music is like it's hard to have hobbies because it's so all-encompassing when you do one thing so it's it's fun to have other things that you kind of find your passion about totally yeah I was going to do a cool thing and bring out the first watch that I ever bought for myself, like the first actual timepiece. But for some reason, it has disappeared out of my drawer. So just imagine uh, <laughs> like a nice movement watch with a uh, with with gold trim and Love. a leather band. Yep. It's your so Apple. That... It's your Apple watch getting up in the middle of the night and destroying any timepiece that like isn't digital. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's I feel While like that is that is definitely an Apple move. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them in the slightest. Kill mode activated. It's <laughs> extreme planned obsolescence for everything though. <laughs> in the house. Yeah. Well, just protect that watch uh, in case in case your iPhone decides to take a sledgehammer to it, Patrick. <laughs> I can't, I can't, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No Apple watches in my house though. That's good. Smart. That's good. We should get on that. Um, and it looks like we got into the bar just barely, but we're here. Uh, Ryan, why don't you hit that jukebox? What are we listening to today? 
Well, we have to wade through uh, the queue here and get through the Daz Band and uh, Creed. But um, <laughs> today we are listening to uh, State of the Heart and Yours in the Morning, the two latest singles from our special guest, Patrick Droney, in anticipation of his forthcoming album out in May. Amazing. I'm already huge fans of both of the... Er, mm. Two huge fans. I am, I am two fans... <laughs> Two separate but equal fans. <laughs> I, I, am a, I am an individual fan for each song. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we leave this in. I am a fan of both of these songs, and I think that they need uh, a nice mocktail to go with it. Pedro, what have you got for us today? Okay, so for this mocktail, I'm focusing on the single state of the heart, because in the second verse, I don't, there's something about that whole second verse, I don't know, it lit something up in my head, and it just it stuck with me. I really loved it. Awesome. Um, where you sleep out on the fire escape, it's so hot, your AC's broken. It was just such a vibe to me, and I really loved that. So I kind of clung, that. I kind of clung to that for inspiration. Um, thinking about you know hot days, especially here in LA, and you just want you know something refreshing. Um, my my immediate like reaction was lemonade. Lemonade's always like a like a classic, cool me down drink. Um, and you like Coca Cola, love, right? So I decided let's let's bring those two into it. Um, but the real star of the, of the mocktail is this, uh, this bottle, it's called seed lip and they make, um, distilled non-alcoholic spirits. Cool. And the reason I'm, I'm using it is because it brings a, a warmth to the drink. Um, and it cuts out a lot of the sweetness sort of that you get with like Coke and lemonade. Um, so it really evens it all out. And so this particular bottle I chose, they, they have three different kinds of spirits. This one is, uh, aromatic. It's got like all kinds of spices, allspice, oak, cardamom, and a blend of other things. And so there's a real heat behind it that um, I think really goes perfectly with this. And so it it makes a um, it makes this. This is looks the drink. Good. Oh sort wow! Of, sort of looks like rusted metal on the fire escape. Um, and I used a strawberry to garnish because it's vaguely heart shaped and it's sort of a romantic fruit. Um, and yeah, it's it's interesting. I I've never had the the seed lip spirits before and so i tried it and it is it is very refreshing the coke and the lemonade are in there but they're not at all overpowering or too sweet but at the same time it is warm and comforting and it's almost like a winter drink at the same time it's very it's super complex and really interesting um and i like your name as as in in for the purposes of a cocktail uh, or a mocktail in this case so i'm calling this a cold droney and uh, oh yeah this is the Love mocktail <laughs> Love it. As always, Pedro, it looks delicious, and it is I so am good. sitting here seething. And Ryan's got one too. Yeah, got <laughs> yeah, <he does>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is really, really delicious. It's um, and I mean, if if you prefer alcohol, you can totally add alcohol to it, and you'll be fine. If not, it is insanely enjoyable. Mm. When show when shows come back, we got to start selling cold dronies at the. At yeah, the you got to do it. You got to do yeah. it. Get get a partnership going with Seedlip. Make it happen. All right, we started here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been telling these guys that we need to compile all of our recipes into a coffee table book. That would be really good. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've you know I've been uh, personally sober for over a month now, so this one looks like something i would love we uh my partner and i went out to um like a a a tiki bar last night and i was just sitting there sipping on my strawberry guava juice i'm like man why don't like why don't places just have like good mocktails on their menus sure that's like uh, i don't know mixology doesn't necessarily need to contain alcohol in my opinion but yeah Yeah. i'm just uh i'm just spinning my wheels here i think it's time for a toast (laughs) cheers everyone cheers 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 so, Patrick, uh, let's dive into it. You've got a new album coming out in May. Your first album, yeah? 
It is my first official debut album after about 17 years of, of doing this thing. Um, so it does feel like a kind of a culmination to the beginning for me. Mm, yeah. And you've got uh, two EPs out that I've listened to. Um, your self-titled and the uh, other also called State of the Heart um, featuring my personal favorite track, Glitter. Uh, but what I saw you said about both the EP and the upcoming album, as you see it as diving into the reckoning of what's behind you, finding meaning in loss, the essence of time, and the pursuit of self. Uh, are those things that you feel like you've had to come to terms with in recent years? Absolutely. I think for me personally, this journey, this album is kind of a like the end of something, the beginning of something. I think when you find a passion at a very young age, like I did and I was, you know, on the road as a young teenager, it becomes a lesson in patience and in what do you really want out of this thing? Uh, so for me, like the journey has been the story and this record is kind of the my, my summation of all of that. Right. So uh, the human condition is fascinating to me. It's the thing that connects all of us. It We are all so much the same in matters of the heart and in matters of honestly just trying to find your purpose. And we're all lost together. And in that way, we're not really alone. Um, so a lot of the themes on this record are just really my 20s and just trying to figure this thing out in in these different cities I've lived in. Like New York City was very formative for me living in there and going to NYU and kind of having life hit me like a ton of bricks and moving to LA and now I'm in Nashville and just kind of the songs happened along the way, you know, and, and this is kind of my way of saying, hey, I'm here too. Mm -hmm. I feel that. And I think that that's really cool that you brought your timepiece as... <laughs> As your idea, I think it plays into that perfectly. You know, being in New York City in particular, like I really felt that when I was listening to your debut and especially Brooklyn, it's it's just this powerful, evocative listen. It's got all this imagery of a place like Brooklyn uh, that uh, end up being tied to love lost. You got these little snippets like the back of a taxi cab, sleeping in subway stops, a sixth floor walk up, just all these flashes of memory. You feel like you're there. Yeah. Like, and, totally. and I guess my question to you and, you know, actually really to the group is like, what is a place that has really evocative memories for you? And how do you like, how do you see yourself putting that into your art? It's kind of a big question. So take your time. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll just start with with obviously I put it in my music and, and New York is, is probably the, the biggest, most tangible example of that for me. And mainly because uh, it to me, the city kind of just meets you where you are. And that's what I love about New York is like if you're low, it will just kind of accept you there and the character and the grit. And again, being uh, I think just places become really special because they meet you where you're at. So I'll let everybody else take it away. I'd love to hear what what the thoughts are. I think I've mentioned um, this place before, but I was born out in Imperial County, which is like in the middle of the desert. And I spent my childhood there until I was like 11. And even when I go back, that place itself is just it's so saturated with memories and just weird little flashes of things, especially since I was so young. Right. You don't I don't necessarily have not all my memories are complete. It's bits and pieces. It's snippets. Um, but there is like a there is a freedom there of, you know, being a child and nothing, nothing is super important. Nothing's really dragging you down. Um, and so when it comes to creating things, I think that's sort of the place I try to get to where you're just sort of free to create and learn and grow. I like the description of New York about the city meeting you when you're low. I remember being there once and being really emotional and needing to express that through the form of liquid coming from my eyes. And, um, <laughs> 
<laughs> and I and I actually felt like I could do it in the middle yeah. of the street, and I didn't feel out of place. Um, that's beautiful. I think that, and and it's harder to do that in L.A. I think. I think that's oh, yeah. a big, big difference there. We need cry rooms, folks. Well, we need bath. We need more bathrooms, but we also need <laughs> someone like a WeWork for crying would be great. I like to escape to um, a Morro Bay uh, antique mall um, and just freeze in time there mm. when things are moving too fast. There, I like to go there and feel just caught in a strange place where time seemed to have stopped. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, Central Coast is some has some gems for sure. Mm. And where have I been to Carmel by the Sea? All all one all one word. <laughs> Town name, Carmel by the Sea. No, uh Clint Eastwood I, I, by the Sea. He used to be the mayor there, right? <laughs> oh yeah, he was. Uh yeah. but I think it's really interesting what you were saying about time stopping when you're there, Ryan. I I've been having these like flashes more and more when I get older, especially like when I wake up in the morning. And it's kind of like it's kind of like gripping terror, but it's irrational. Like it's almost like you're waking up to a night terror. And for me, the big flash is like my body is decaying. Eventually it'll be gone. And mm -hmm. in my waking life, it doesn't really bother me that much. I have been a student of Shambhala Buddhism for like four or five years now, and it's still hard, but like coming to terms with mortality is one of the big tenets. And it's just when I'm like in that liminal space between sleep and wake, does like the id part of my brain just take over and be like, you are an imperfect vessel and time is an, an, an inescapable force. Um, <laughs> and it's something to be scared of. I, I don't know. I think like it's really interesting, like how our bodies and our minds kind of rule our emotions in that way. Uh, but back to the question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, so it's interesting because like I don't really write poetry. I write prose. I write creative nonfiction, and of course, I do music journalism. But I've been inspired to write poetry about a very specific place in a very specific time. And for me, that is this old brick apartment building near the Argyle Hotel in Hollywood. And my ex used to live like on the top floor walk up of that building. And it was insufferably hot in there during the during the summer months. And we would like sleep on top of the comforter and like not touch each other because like it's way too hot <laughs> but you would you know go up to the roof and you would look out at like these lights and these neon signs of the old hollywood hotels and you just kind of feel like you're in this like lost era where um like thing does and nothing matters like you're just here and that's what's important and i think i come back to that a lot like i just want to write not specifically uh stories or recount what happened but just like capture the emotions of being there and i have flashes of that a lot so that's my answer i think there's a theme within all of that too like between all of us there's like the cry room is really the example of like i heard this really great um interview with ocean vong vong i think i say spanish last name but um talking about linguistics and like conversation being like an emotional fire escape and how like mm. our how mm. how our use have failed us we we don't really talk about things anymore and like you know we're all looking for this kind of fire escape where we can step out and say hey what's really going on well, how do you mm -hmm. really feel and like you know as a guest creators making art where is our fire escape where we can just be like seven again and have no right. you know coloring of what the judgment is and what like what safety isn't like and i think that's all these things we're talking about for me it's like going to the grocery store i'll just stand in the frozen aisle everything i see <laughs> in the grocery store has always been that way my whole life it's comforting mm -hmm. like the colors the labels the everything and um it's kind of i just find that fascinating like all of us guys are just sitting here talking about basically the same thing 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. We're all getting older and we got to <laughs> we got to slow down. We want things to slow down. I'm yeah. not. All you know, all you really need to do to to stop time is to put, you know, water on a on a stove and just stare at it waiting for it to boil. <laughs> if you really want to stop, put on a fan of uh, or put on a pair of Dickies and um Vans and you'll you'll never age. That's how, that's how you do it. Are you yeah. attacking me from the other room right now? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. There's been some Amy Winehouse and Vance slander, yeah. unfortunately. Um, Is this a read? No. I, I want to make it clear for the record, I am an Amy Winehouse fan. I just um, had to disrupt Pedro's um Drew, if we could go ahead and there. cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> we always tell Drew to cut things out, and sometimes I feel like he, he's just like, oh, oh yeah, that was, a, that was a joke. Leave that he's out. like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is great, but I, I kind of want to bring things back around to state of the heart. Um, you, Patrick, uh, you said you uh, wrote and recorded this like between Los Angeles, New York and Nashville, correct? Yes. Yeah. And you've kind of already touched on like what it is about New York that speaks to you. But I want to hear also about like how does L.A. and how does Nashville touch you in different ways and how are the different ways that they inspire you uh, from their character? This is like a tale of three cities for me, you know, so like New York was this very kind of ground floor thing. And then I moved to L.A. and I spent about four years in Los Angeles where I was trying to make sense of that time in New York, but really just continue chasing this thing. Like it's just trying to catch lightning, you know, and for me, it's always been a serendipitous, like right place, right time with like the the practice and all those things, just like kind of focusing on moments arriving and seeing signs and grabbing things. So L.A. was like a lot of like ground floor but in a different way and like kind of a struggle in Los Angeles. And you guys know it's hard to struggle in LA. That's a place that you have every comparison in the world around you. And you, you know, I don't know, it's a tough place. But for me, like I found a lot of my angels in LA, like a lot of people who really were like, no, like you stand on my shoulders and I'm going to lift you up and make sense of this. And all of that really brought me to my eventual move to Nashville where everything started to make sense. And all that comes back to is story and storytelling and moving to Nashville where it's a community of songwriters where the craft is still key and the song is king um, or queen. And like it's... It was here where I could really make sense of all of this behind me and really challenge myself to meet the uh, the standard of like what it means to tell a story in, in a place like Nashville. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's all this amalgamation of time and place. But each city has been so crucial in the understanding of the story and then the telling of the story. So. I'm the king of pivots. I'll tell you guys, like, mm. that's, that's what I say. Like when it, when it wasn't working or it felt like it wasn't working, I just pivoted. And I always think about this metaphor. I tell myself about a boom, like um, a slingshot mm. and you pull back on a slingshot and it feels like you're moving backwards. All this tension, everything is pulling you back, but you know that like, it's all this build up to a release, which will catapult you forward and further than you can have imagined. So whenever things ha- felt like it was pulling backwards, I just tried to imagine that as eventual propulsion. Um, so I don't know if that makes any sense if I'm off track here, but that was yeah. probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard on this show. <laughs> hey, th- thanks so much. Honestly, um, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like all this to me, this album state of the heart, it's a, it's an idea. It's a theme. It's like a state of mind and being. And like, I can't explain to you just how much this means to me to get to this point to say, Hey, here's my album. 
here's a collection of songs that is so much more than the last couple of years. It's a lifetime. So if State of the Heart then is like the culmination of your work, um, how do you see that sort of like pivoting working in like, like, is there is there like a, a moment in the album where we can see that pivot or is it more just like an over encompassing thing or how well, does that work? I think I think it's uh, because we put out the State of the Heart EP first, like those six songs, you know, were obviously made before this last this back half. There's 15 songs on the record, right? So mm. the last six months have been really that second um, group of songs, which, you know, is me in a different state of mind, in a different state of heart. And um, trying to up the game, you know, like the back half of this record, we got to actually get into the studio and I got my band together and we were together, uh, which we weren't we weren't able to do that first half because of the pandemic. So to, you really hear you're going to hear a little more of a live influence happening. You're going to hear a little more of like air in the room. Um, and it's just growing intention, really, like kind of just continuing to just carve away and try to get to the point, um, which I it's, it's going to be a lifelong journey. But uh, this back half, I'm I'm so proud of. But again, it comes back to the expectation and pressure of like when you put stuff out, it's like the glitter for me was kind of a height of songwriting at this point to connect with people and to kind of experience the vulnerability people shared with me back to that song about grief um, in a time where we all were collectively grieving. Um, So I just wanted to make sure I still continue to have these touch points for people to spark conversation, which is really the point of this whole record. So I think there are a few in this back half. You know, it's so funny. Uh, I was hanging out with a friend the other day and I was trying to introduce her to your music. I'm like, you got to listen to Glitter. It's like the saddest song I've ever heard. And she's like, oh, what's it about? I'm like, I haven't listened to the lyrics. It's just super sad. I don't know. It's like a feeling that you get from the music, just like utterly heartbreaking and hopeful at the same time. Yeah. Even if you're not like, I'm also a lyrics guy. So uh, I think like when I'm overcome with emotion, like that becomes important to me in the same way that listening to sp- specifically what somebody is saying could be a- another important thing. I-, I don't know. Do you yeah. uh, do you find yourself connecting to art in, in different ways like that? Of course. I think for me, that 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 hits because look glitter from a lyrical standpoint is a very specific metaphor about grief being like glitter and it's hard to brush away and you find these glimmers of of hope of people that maybe are not here anymore and like you just have to accept this but also it's kind of a sound bed of like like i found a lot of my favorite music growing up in film and tv and like what cinematic sounds do and creating kind of a sonic space for you to live in so i always kind of put that intention into building these productions um, like I'm people know me as a guitar player, but I'm, I'm actually incredibly enthusiastic about keys and pads and building these kind of ambient worlds around the music, because I really believe people, like you said, like the songs aren't mine anymore. You check out and like, whatever you need in that moment, I hope the song gives you. And even if it's just the melody and like the space of what the sounds sound like, that sounds like what you're saying. It's such a unique experience for each person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pedro, Ryan, do you have a song or a piece of art that comes to mind for you where like what it is about is less important than how it makes you feel? Um, yeah, yeah, it's actually behind me. I don't know if you can see it. You see this like square right here? Mm-hmm. It it was the first piece of art I ever bought when I moved to LA. Um, and there was this guy on the Venice boardwalk just selling his stuff. Um, I forget his name. It's like Brennan, Brendan something. It's 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 a it's just a really blurry photo of what i see as like it's through like uh it looks like it's maybe through a car window with that and it's been raining and you can just kind of see light and blue maybe it's like a street or something i don't know and it's just this photo sort of plastered onto this white canvas 
and there was just something about it that when I saw it, I had to get it. it I, I don't know what it's about. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I don't know where it is, what the photo itself is. There was just something in it that struck me emotionally and I had to have it. And I don't know if it was just something with the time of like, I had just moved here. I was trying to start a career and trying to move forward. Maybe the blurriness of it, it's just, you know, where nothing's certain. Maybe there was just something about it at the time, but it's still one of my favorite pieces. And it just, every time I stop and look at it, it just makes me feel something. Mm, I love that. You should link to the uh, artist if you can find it at some point. Yeah, I do somewhere. have this card here somewhere. Or you could do a Google pin drop on the Venice Boardwalk. We can go yeah. try and find him. Yeah, the music piece of music that does that for me is the um, Star Spangled Banner. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> my favorite song ever. <laughs> um, I was like, I'm ready for this. All right. <laughs> I Sell know, this I, to me. <laughs> this, it would be kind of a fun, it'd be a fun experiment to try and come up with that to improv something, but I won't. Um, I won't bless you with that garbage. <clears throat> um well, I guess a band that kind of always does that to me where I've never really fully paid attention to the lyrics, which I know may sound criminal to fans of this band, but uh, The National really does that for me. Dude. And I was thinking, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, a line think- sta- that's a line in State of the Heart. That's right. The National, and that's like exactly the point. Continue. I'm sorry. They all- yeah, no. Well, they always, they've always done that for me where I'm, I'm not quite sure... I'm never quite sure what he, what they're saying. Maybe that's their their brilliance with them. But yeah, they always convey a specific mood, a mood for me. So I guess what's so what's the so Patrick? What's the song? So in this in the song "State of the Heart," you're, yeah, you're, you're mentioning singing a national song. What's the what's the one you sing the most? So in that in that era, in like the New York era, I was just the whole high high violet record, like Blood Buzz Ohio was like it was just mm. you walk and that is the pace of the city. Uh since then it's been like actually like Trouble Will Find Me was the LA years and like it was just all those records. But um Hard to Find actually is probably my favorite national song. And it's probably the mm. one you can hear the most lyrics in actually, but um, what I love about those guys is like, it's all mumbles except for like those three words that just apparently mean everything to you. And I feel like that's the same thing with Justin Vernon. Like he does the same kind of stuff. Like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Taylor was very smart to tap both Justin Vernon and Aaron Dessner on her folklore and, uh, um, yeah. more projects i think like i was thinking as you were uh talking about the national ryan that like that's kind of how i feel about taylor's new albums like everyone's reading into like the lyrics very deeply but i'm like this is just a mood piece this is exactly what the cover is she's walking through the forest and she feels very small and insignificant against like the sublimity of nature and that's kind of how i feel listening to that and i was not by any means a taylor fan before then but i just I feel like to me, that was the epitome of how I felt during the pandemic, just small and insignificant. And like, you know, looking at myself as part of the bigger scope of things was very soothing. Mm. So we did cover Taylor on this show, and I have since become like a really big fan of what she's doing now. Um, I like what you were saying about Blood Buzz Ohio being the uh, the pace of the city, Patrick. And also, I was thinking about what you're saying about New York meeting you where you are and just kind of getting lost in it. Uh, have you by any chance read um, Insomniac City by Bill Hayes? No. Okay, so a uh, brief little backstory. It's my favorite book of all time. It is a nonfiction series of stories by um, Bill Hayes. He's 
He writes for the the New York Times, a few other places. Um, but it's about how after his partner died suddenly in his sleep back in 2009 in San Francisco, he just moves to New York. And this city kind of opens up in this way and kind of uh, swallows him in a way where like the small things about the city moving and him being a part of it helps him see the beauty in life again. And it's just like these little vignettes where like it's it's just a few pages of him talking to like the guy who runs the bodega or like talking to an, an unhoused person who like writes him a poem like on the wall, like that sort of thing. And he just... Mm goes around the city taking pictures of people and i i feel like that's what speaks to me so much about that city and that kind of what speaks to me so much about your music it's the same sort of thing just like get finding yourself getting caught up uh in in it's almost like a a tide right yep yep. yeah and it kind of speaks to a good friend of mine just said the other day like when you can be as specific as possible about your own story, it actually makes it more universal. And what you're talking about with somebody, you know, like, for instance, I was in New York shooting the cover uh, about a month ago. And, you know, I'm doing this new series uh, kind of in my project called Regarding, which is my way of kind of my hot take on things and like regarding anything really. But like, for instance, I was at, I was at, I love diners. Diners are my, my things, man. Everybody's the same in a diner. Okay. Like it is just, <laughs> it cuts you down to just, yeah. you are all the same. And that's why I love just sitting in a, in a New York diner in Lower East Side and getting a cup of coffee and just be like, all right, like what's happening in my life? Uh, and I was at my, my diner and I just decided to like talk, talk to the owner of the diner. I like have my camera and just doing this regarding thing. And I'm like, why a diner? What's it mean to you? And just to hear the most specific parts of his life and his story and his parents and his grandparents. And it's like, it just made me feel so a part of his story. And like, that's what music should be. If I can get really honed in on something that happened to me, there's a song coming out called Talk About That, which is a lot of these little vignettes of of my story and other people who knew me, but like a train from New York too late to the hospital ward when your knees hit the floor. It's like, that's me like missing my grandpa before he passed. And like, mm. everybody has that story or whatever it is. So I don't know. I think all these things just mean like this New York is just an example of humanity to me and how we are all the same and all the stories are interconnected. So you can copy and paste that anywhere. Uh, mm. I just feel lucky enough to have kind of experienced that in real time in that city. And it's, it's, it's stuck with me everywhere else I went. I definitely encourage anybody to spend some time in New York if they haven't for that reason. Yeah, I went, uh, I've, I've been there a couple of times. unfortunately I'd like to go more but I took this solo trip there in 2019 that was exactly what you're talking about I just like slept on my friend's couch and then just like woke up and was like where am I gonna go today what am I gonna see and I would just ride the subways by myself and bring my camera and just like take pictures of everything that I saw and just wander around aimlessly until I found something I wanted to do have you guys been on any pilgrimages like by yourselves to a place that has changed you for me, it's definitely New York. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was that was it for me. What about you guys? Prize Electronics in Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> My man. <laughs> Sorry, that's a good question, Patrick, and I just yeah, I couldn't, um... couldn't give a serious answer. But it did change me. Not maybe not for the better. But Pedro what, probably has a good answer. I mean I mean, I, I don't think I've made like a big trip by myself, but I do I do like to road trip a lot by myself. Like, I'll just drive out to, you know, go visit my brother or something. But I do a lot of, like, winding and stopping along the way and everything. And that kind of, I don't know if it changes me, but it it's almost like taking a big breath. Yeah. Like a big breath of fresh air after, you know, not having done so for a long time. So I love, like, just solo road trips, long drives, 
just blasting music and um that so once so i don't know if it's a specific trip but yeah once i got like a license in a car freedom yeah I love exactly that. yeah exactly yeah. ryan you're gonna give a serious answer or are we moving on <laughs> We can what makes on. you what makes you think fries was not a serious answer? <laughs> hey man, it changes you. I, it, but truly, it closing it closing down was really that like really kind of hit hard. Like I don't know if you've been in one of those places lately, but um, it's fairly it's a pretty it was a pretty depressed state, and um, yeah. it was such a place of like wonder and um, discovery and exploration when you were younger. Like you felt like you were in a a mall of the future you know and it was so bustling and um so yeah that was that that place like made a big impression on me and was was great back in the day and so um sad to hear of the closing um your so. great buys are always at fries <laughs> was that a, was that the yeah campaign? it was like the little yeah the little co- the little uh poorly cgi'd computer chip waving <laughs> patrick do you know this pl- have you been to fries do you know the I place have, we're yes, talking about i do okay, it's making know. me think okay, of, of like just we're, we're all we're all kind of coming from this place of like we remember growing up differently than kids today and like mm-hmm. i'm always yeah. comparing what used to be to what is and um i had like a period of time when i was living in la where i actually like was grieving my childhood like i was grieving i'm like man this will never be that way again and i think some of these places that's why the grocery store is one of those spots it's like all right cool Mm. like they're not going to close down the grocery store at least i can come here and feel like you know i'm with my grandparents or whatever like i don't know right it's your north star yeah kroger I definitely feel that. I'm trying to think about like specific places that have shut down. I mean, like Amoeba shutting down its original location. Yeah. Like even though they're opening uh, April 1st or something like that, like it's it's not the same. Like you're not going to drive by that giant place next to the Cinerama. Um, what is it? The Cinerama Dome. Mm-hmm. Am I adding too many syllables? Um, yeah. Yes. And just the giant neon sign. Like it's gone. I don't know. But that was like a recent thing that happened to me. Not like a childhood thing. Have you guys seen that blockbuster documentary that just came out recently? It's like, a la- it's like the last blockbuster. There's like three left. There's like two in Alaska and one in somewhere in the States. And they're just holding is it on. Oregon? Oregon. Yes. Band Oregon. I've I've seen it. Like, man, we, the only time I ever went to Oregon, we stayed at a place like right next to it. And that was like the biggest attraction. We were like driving by. It. No, there's a game that's purely for millennials. It's like a card game and it's called Blockbuster. And what it is like, it's a. So it's you have to you use different cards to guess what the movie is, but the board is a parking lot and the, oh the blockbuster sign just goes right up in the middle and <laughs> each of the parking spaces is like, you know, the draw pile or the discard pile. I'm like, kids would not understand this at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, oh, good here's times. what we need to do. We need to have a long collective scream cry like in the um, like in the film. Um, um, good Lord horror film from a24 midsummer thank you we need a midsummer scream cry i think (laughs) and we need to throw on a song that i found i highly recommend everyone check this out check out patrick's um mood board for state of the heart on spotify because i this is like such a good like it it's like it makes so much sense because they're the songs i think patrick according to the playlist description that you were sort of had in mind and were when you were making the album yeah yep i'd never heard this peter peter gabriel wow that was insane (laughs) let me snap I've never heard the Peter Gabriel. (laughs) No, fuck it. I'm not going to snap back in. Um, So I'd never heard that album up. It's from such a weird year. It's like 2002. But that song is so good. I I, agree. Yeah. We need that. What I was going to say, we need to listen to I Grieve at some point. But that, yeah, 
I love this is such a good playlist. By Thanks the way, for saying that, man. Thank you. It, yeah, I wanted just to kind of share it, the, contextually where this stuff comes from. I, I think that's that's so much fun. That's what you guys are kind of doing too. It's just kind of like pulling apart the big picture to look at these little corners and playlists at their best are that to me you know they tell a bigger story so mm-hmm. thanks man yeah so many people make them and um and they're it's hard to like make a bad playlist i feel like you know in some ways but you can really tell when one is when a lot of effort's been put in and feels honest and interesting and there's true discovery on there like sure. i've never listened to that bob dylan album oh mercy come like, on man is such a dylan weird year <laughs> yeah daniel Lanois, <laughs> like, it's, a, it's a great record yeah he's man talk about a huge catalog to mine my gosh yeah. Well, I think, unfortunately, we're kind of coming to the end of the interview portion, but I want to end uh, with kind of like a, an open question. The album is called State of the Heart, and we're talking about how the state of the heart is something universal across humanity. But I guess specifically, what is the state of the heart to you, Patrick? State of the heart is something that it's almost like happiness, right? You're, it doesn't exist completely in one you know fluid moment it, it you you've, we're all dipping in and out of various states of heart okay and to me like right now my state of heart just feels feels strong and it feels seen and you know i feel vulnerable and right now i'm just i'm trying to live like my humanity out loud and in in hopes that it helps people better articulate their own stories because all anybody really really wants in this world is to feel understood and seen and i found just by by speaking my truth it uh hopefully helps people articulate their stories and so the state of, state of my heart right now is just grateful and uh and very present you know but this morning i also had that same impending doom of like god i'm gonna die one day and like <laughs> that's the point it's everything at once man yeah i think there's a strength too in recognizing those feelings that maybe aren't so great like sure that adds to it all you're right like it's everything but you guys you guys even this podcast has been such a great experience uh for me because it's just everybody's being open and honest and sensitive and like there is no shroud of like you know anything that would make us seem any less real than we actually are and that's so refreshing and i encourage you guys to keep doing that uh and i certainly appreciate it uh around my music so thanks for having me on this on the show thank you thank you very much (laughs) that's what we strive for that's uh that's what we love doing that's why we started this in the first place we just love having a drink and talking about what matters that's where this all started and maybe this is why it feels so great because like i haven't been to a bar with my friends in a long time and we haven't had like that time to just sit after a show and just talk about nothing that eventually leads to talking about everything so yeah you're onto something mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. well thank you thank we'll, you very we'll much keep it up and hopefully we'll be able to sit down in person with people again once everyone's gotten pricked uh gotten that good germ juice in their arms we're getting there <laughs> absolutely indeed but i think it's time that we switched gears who is ready for a little round of hashtag mood let's do it hit that theme song drew Again, to Jesse McGinty and Jacob Jeffries for that little piece of genius. Love it. Love it. Can't get enough of it. But Hashtag Mood is a game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist building skills. 
We are going to head over to our hotline and Drew is going to play a message from a fan with a mood that we need to give uh, our our two cents on. It could be anything from it's a rainy day and you need something cozy to listen to to uh, save the cows. That was that was a mood we had to do a couple weeks ago. Just right. save the cows. <laughs> <laughs> so each of us will have a chance to pick one song to go with whatever it is. And without further ado, Drew, do you have a message for us to listen to? You have one new message. Hey, Tims and Tumblers. This is Danny Butel with Holistic Business Design in Denver, Colorado. I am calling to share my hashtag mood with you and can't wait to hear what playlist you come up with. I am currently feeling really soft in my heart and nostalgic for all the times of deep human connection that I've had prior to this year and really longing for reconnecting with the people I love and opening up the world again to that kind of connection and building community and yeah, just having space to be human together again. So that's my mood. Thank you all, and I can't wait to hear it. Wow, I think I'm gonna cry. I know, me too. <laughs> I, know. I, I like, I miss that so much. This is a really perfect mood, I think. For this. it's a perfect mood. So many feels in this one, and uh, I think after our conversation, like, I definitely need that cry room now. <laughs> <laughs> Who would like to take this one away? I'll start. Patrick here. What a great inspiration for a playlist. We can all relate to it. I came up with two songs. One is uh, The World Spins Madly On by the Weepies. Oh my it's, God. Oh. It is. I know. I know. It's a song that always makes me feel like it's going to be okay to not be okay. And it's okay. Um, and then secondly, Into My Arms by Nick Cave. Mm-hmm. Which, which is just a classic it is i'm still thinking about the weepy song and that music video with the little sad clay figures yes oh <laughs> cute stuff uh love the weepies and it's it's so interesting to me because i know that they at least i'm not sure if they still are anymore but they were a married couple and like most of their music is just like sugary sweet we're happy and madly in love and then here's this one song about like you can't stop the world for your pain like <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Uh, all right, who wants to go next? I'll go. Um, so for this one, I picked a song by The Killers. Um, their music is always so, like, for me anyway, just, I don't know, it's like saturated with nostalgia and memories. Um, and it's one of those songs where they get, they do get really specific about things and it just makes it even better. Um, cause I think we all just want to go back to the way it was. So that's the song that I chose from The Killers. It's one of my favorites of theirs. And it just, it, I feel like it just hits the nail on the head for this playlist. So good. Mm. I got to go with one. I wasn't sure if you were going to pick this, Pedro. So I'm, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you went there. Um, I am picking one from Denver based band tennis. Um, but, since I think this person, oh. Danny, uh, Pedro, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good choice. I miss that feeling by tennis. Is such right. a beautiful ballad. I love that band so much. They are one of those groups that just gets better and better. Every album is just is constantly great and better than the last. And that's one of my favorites from them. So gotta go, gotta go with tennis. Such a good song. I Always love, love when we drop tennis into the playlist. Um, all right, I'm gonna round this out. So uh, I I actually know Danny from a few years back, um, and I'm sure that she would be very happy to hear my picks. 
I'm picking two songs by Canadian alt-rock band Arkells. That is A-R-K-E-L-L-S. And they are the this type of band who do exactly what you were saying, Patrick, about getting as specific as possible to make things feel universal. Uh, so the first song I'm going with is called Book Club. And it's about this guy driving around town with his best friend and just talking about the weird stuff they do together. But that like, it is one of the most intimate songs about a platonic friendship. Like you can hear like the love that he has for his friend Matt in the lyrics. And I, I just miss being able to like go out to like a bookstore and just talk about nothing with people yeah. in person. Yeah. And the other one is uh, their song Dirty Blonde, which is more of a romantic, nostalgic song. And it's exactly what I was talking about earlier about being in this insufferably hot brick edifice building with someone that you love. And the lyric in the second verse goes, couldn't fall asleep, sweating under the sheets of the third floor. I could hardly come up with 300 a month, but I loved our red rented room. Mm. And I I go back there a lot. And I, I know that uh, that used to be one of Danny's favorite songs. So, uh, Danny, I hope you like that one. 300 a month. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Sounds so good. <laughs> so good. That's is, the thing, is that, though. Like, it sounds up that that's what <laughs> that I took away I from that. <laughs> Three hundred. Oh. And I, I know they're describing like incredible hardship. Like you could not rent a, a room for three hundred a month in Los Angeles, but. Just like kind of, you know, you know, you're poor and you know that it's hard, but you love the person you're with. I think that there's there's uh, something really nostalgic about that type of bohemia. But yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I have more than 300 a month, um, <laughs> at least now. But yeah, great stuff, everyone. Uh, hope you like our playlist. Uh, we will be dropping it in the link below. And if you have a mood of your own, please leave us a message by calling the Tunes and Tumblers hotline at 626 626- Six zero four six four seven seven. Let us know how you're feeling, and we'll give you the perfect soundtrack for it. Plus, we need to expand Drew's music knowledge, and this is the only way we know how. <laughs> <laughs> I think Drew's good. He's got death grips, and I think he's fine. Yeah. We were uh, we were throwing together like a list of like artists that we want to to ask to be on the pod, and Drew was just like death grips. That's <laughs> amazing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would love that conversation. I mean. <laughs> Definitely out of our wheelhouse, but that would be fun. I also put Bamboo de Pistola on that list. I want to put that out there. To be fair, did. Bamboo, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are coming up on last call, gentlemen. Do we have any lingering thoughts about the state of the heart, about cry rooms, about finding yourself uh, stuck in time? I'm looking forward to my, my cry today that I will have once we're done. <laughs> my bed's looking mighty inviting. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to water the plants with my tears. <laughs> uh, see Patrick live, folks. Well, definitely listen to the album, of course, but see him live when you can because he is a great guitar player. Thanks, man. And um, you can listen to him do some cool Robin Trower licks online, too. Oh, yeah, that premier guitar thing we just did. Yeah. That's yeah, fun. It's, this uh, was my way. I could never have a Robin Trower shirt, but I had a Rush shirt. It was as close as I could get. I was like, you have a Robin Trower shirt? Dude, you're my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't wait for shows to come back. I can't wait for that kind of unique experience we all share just for like a couple hours in a night. You know, those those moments, that's... Put, this record is so special to me and 
it was kind of my way of contending with also not being able to go see people and play these shows and realizing how much, how important that is to the crux of why I play music is for that exact feeling. So uh, a lot of, a lot of searching and, um, and replacing and renegotiating my whys every day uh, went into this record and, and just this kind of version of, of me. And I, I feel like with you guys too, um, I think all this is, is made me think about the ambition we have and the limitations we have and how we meet in the middle and do the best we can do. Well said. Mm. Well said. Indeed. Well, I'm about to go have my cry and down an ice cold droney. And uh, I'm sorry that I can't share it with all of you guys. Very Same. emotional episode today, but thank you for being <laughs> here for this one, Patrick. Oh, this is the best. I love this. Anytime, anytime. I'm happy to, to say hi to you guys because you're awesome. Okay, we're literally going to be calling you then. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let me be like, a, I'll, I'll hop in every now and then and just add some cry vibes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we don't. Drew, Drew, do I see our phone lines lighting up? Is it Patrick again? He's, I mean, he's we don't calling. change our we don't change our Zoom link, so ostensibly you could drop in like on a on a call randomly on a Sunday. It's true. <laughs> I'm like, oh hey guys, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for being here. And do you have anything else you would like to plug before we say goodbye? Uh, May 21st, State of the Heart full album comes out and um, make sure you check out the State of the Heart video I shot with my friend Lucy Hale. We had a fantastic time making a bit of a coming of age movie for it and um, just keep feeling the feels. Up and coming actor Lucy Hale, folks. Yeah, really. We discovered her. (laughs) it 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 was a beautiful experience to work with somebody so good at what they do and help a singer songwriter rise to the occasion of acting. (laughs) <laughs> that's great you gotta do it you gotta do it all i had a whole list of questions i wanted to ask about the the video but we ran out of time but just yeah uh we'll put the link to that in the bio in the in the episode description go check it out it's it's good work awesome and thank you all for listening to tunes and tumblers tunes and tumblers is an atwood magazine podcast be sure to like the show in atwood on every platform also please give us a little rate and subscribe Wherever you listen to your podcasts, it helps us out so much. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by the amazing band New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from the musical genius of Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers. 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 cheers.